I got a new dog. He's a paranoid retriever. <laughs> he brings back everything because he's not sure what I threw him. My uncle was a clown for Ringling Brothers Circus. And when he died, all his friends went to the funeral in one car. Of course, you recognize Stephen Wright, who is with us now at WGN. Thank you for coming on, Stephen. I really appreciate it. I think I, you have your work cut out for you because there's so much of your material out there. You know, um, I wouldn't be surprised if people even repeat your own material back to you. Yeah, well, occasionally they do. How are you today? Me? I'm good. Fine. I was reading your biography and. It is incredible. Academy Award winner, one of the top 50 comedians of all time, just a whole bunch of stuff. But I was wondering, according to this biography, if you could take us back to Ding Ho's Comedy Club and Chinese Restaurant in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah, well, there was two comedy clubs. One was in Boston, and then the other one was the one you just described, and it was the back was a Chinese restaurant, and the front was the... They used to have folk music, but then they switched to comedy. So it was a bizarre combination, you know, comedy club, Chinese restaurant. My friend Barry Crimmins started it, and it was a really great place to perform. And somebody wrote an article about it because it was such a strange situation, a freelance writer. And then it went in the L.A. Times, and then one of the producers from The Tonight Show saw the article, Peter LaSalle, and then, like, a year later, he was coming to Boston to look at colleges for his kids were getting out of high school. And uh, he remembered the club, so he came in. He said he was going to go in and watch comedians, and, and I was one of the comedians. And then he liked me, and two weeks later, I went on The Tonight Show, and everything changed. It's yeah. because that person wrote that article about that odd place. Well, I love the name. Ding Ho's yeah. comedy, <laughs> comedy Club and Chinese <laughs> Restaurant. <laughs> wish I had, wish I had one of their business cards. So, Stephen, you have a totally unique approach to material, and a way of doing it that has been copied and parodied over the years. And how did you decide the approach that you have taken, which is low key, relaxed, and observational? Where did that concept come to you from? In the early 70s, I was watching The Tonight Show all the time, and I loved comedians. That's why I wanted to be a comedian. George Carlin was my favorite. And all of his stuff is observing, his early stuff was observing the world, all these little things that nobody ever talks about. But I listened to a radio show that played two comedy albums every Sunday. So I heard like all this comedy, and I was like, well, I like this, I like that. Structuring a joke, I learned from Woody Allen's stand-up album. So anyway, all this mixed together, and then I, you know, this is just how I talk anyway. <laughs> so I, there was, no, <laughs> there was no plan. It was just like, well, I gotta go to the open mic night, I better write some stuff, and I never yeah. wrote any jokes, so I wrote it. And then, you know, people are horrified by public speaking, and and I was, too. So I come out, and this is how I'm talking anyway, and then add in that I'm scared out of my mind. So I had no expression because I was scared. And then I was saying these abstract jokes, and it just fell together like as a style, but it was all 
by accident. It was a style born of fear. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, like being born. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's scared out of their mind. I'm scared. You know, baby just... never comes out of there laughing his head off. No, that's very true. So I, I love that story. I don't like public speaking, yet I'm going to stand at this microphone. I'm going to deliver these lines and jokes I put together. And that deadpan, for lack of a better term, delivery combined with what you were saying is hysterical, as you obviously have learned over the years. It's, it's truly hysterical. I think the pe- it doesn't seem like a contrived, made-up thing. I no. think that's why people connect to it, one reason they connect to it. Well, I think it also combines items that one normally wouldn't put together, such as the clown dies and at the circus, and all the other clowns come to his fun- funeral in, in one car. You know, I mean, that, you have to think about that. To put that together, you also have to think about it for a minute to understand what you're saying. And I think that's the genius of it all, quite frankly, is combining these elements that normally people wouldn't put together. And the result is very, very funny. Is that, that's obviously, well, I don't know. Is that still your approach? No, yeah, that's that's it. But it's it's just, I think the world is made up. When you wake up in the morning till you go to sleep, anyone, there's thousands of pieces of information come past you. And the world, to me, is like a giant mosaic painting. So a little tiny square, so each one is a different thing. So what you're describing that joke is, is I'm noticing this little square way over here is has something in common with that square over there, and so if it's combined, then it's never been together. Like I had this, one of my early jokes was, went down to a store that it was, uh, get down there, it's open 24 hours, and when I got down there, the guy was outside locking it up, and I said, what are you, why are you locking it up? It says, open 24 hours, and he said, not in a row. <laughs> you know, that's Another example of that. Yes, indeed. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think that takes a special kind of uh, a talent to uh, pick up on things like that. Because, you know, there's so many different types of comedians, stand-up comics, who have different approaches, who do different types of material. But yours is so totally unique. And quite frankly, and your look matches it 100%, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, there's another accident. <laughs> The, the way I mean, you, if I looked like a golf pro, I don't think it would be as funny. Exactly. exactly. Nothing against golf pros. Of course not. But I, I also feel very lucky because the, the audience likes this because I don't have another way to do it. It's not like, well, if they, you know, it's not like, oh, I'll switch to this other thing. So I'm fortunate for a billion reasons that I even think like this, that I talk like this that it connected to the audience. None of that has anything to do with me. Well, I think what, what how I'm hearing it is that it's not anything contrived. You didn't sit down and go, let's see, how can I be funny? I know I'll connect these dots that no one normally does, and I'll do it in a really deadpan delivery. No, that's not what you did. That's just the way you are. And I think the honesty and the originality and obviously the humor of that combination is extremely successful. I mean, there's so much stuff of you uh, on YouTube and on the internet, and I've read things that where people have attributed jokes to you that you didn't do, and 
Um, I mean, that, that says something right there, that there's a style of people are out there attributing material to you that you didn't do. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, that's pretty, that happens all over the internet. I mean, yeah. it's, it's some of those jokes I wish I actually <laughs> did write. You brought up the internet, or maybe I did, somebody did. That's certainly <laughs> something that has developed over the years um, that you've had to adapt to. How have you found that? How have you found the internet to be? I mean, how have you approached that? How have you been able to incorporate that? I don't have anything to do with it other than I have my tour dates uh, on a website and stuff. But I don't put jokes or anything on there because I guess I'm old school. You know, mm. I think the joke is like an alive thing. It should be said out loud in front of an audience so i just keep it like that yes i know it would fit perfect i mean my stuff is perfect couple sentences bang bang that's the whole thing but i just never connected with it tomorrow night stephen wright at the north shore center for the performing arts in skokie stephen wright tomorrow night at the North Shore Center for the Performing Arts in Skokie. Uh, Stephen uh, was named one of the 50 best stand-up comics of all time by Rolling Stone. And also a part of your career that intrigues me is the movies that you have appeared in. Desperately Seeking Susan, Mike Myers, So I Married an Axe Murder, Oliver Stone, Natural Born Killers, Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. I find that to be very cool. Is that something you're still... uh, I was... uh did a narration for an HBO thing called Chillin' Island. I did that in the winter. That was a very bizarre, like, surreal documentary. And and those couple movies, you know, those couple movies I was in where I n- told my mother, you, shan't, you can't go see this movie. <laughs> you know, you can't. <laughs> to Reservoir Dogs, it's not about dogs. Don't go to that movie. Don't go to uh, Natural Bond Killers. Killers, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty edgy stuff. Obviously, Oliver Stone and the people who put those films together saw something in you that they felt would work well in those films. Yeah, I was very happy to be in all of those. Oh, yeah. Especially Quentin Tarantino. You know, that was his first movie. That was the beginning of a whole other planet. Yeah. What can... This is a, just a so, such a stereotypical question. I almost hate it when I hear it coming out of my mouth. What can people plan on seeing? What time it is? (laughs) It's not that bad. No. Uh, So, so what can people expect from your show at the North Shore Center for the Arts in Skokie? It's about eighty-five minutes, and it's it's very surreal. It's it's some of it is silly, some of it is philosophical, some of it is. It's just an accumulation of things they've assembled. You know, it's just a giant amount of stuff. I hope they just feel like they got a break from their lives for 85 minutes. I enjoy the audience. Is like, they're like friends of mine that I've never, I don't know their names. You know, there's a connection right. with the audience. Yeah. There's no other place like being on stage. I play some insane songs on the guitar. It's very not normal. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank God for that. Who would want that? Who would want a normal Stephen Wright? Come on. That's just, that goes against everything. I think that's against the laws of nature for crying out loud. You can't have that. Um, uh, 
Well, continued success, and thank you uh, for being with us. And um, I love your material. I love your approach. I think it will stand the test of time, so to speak. Thank you so much. Thanks for those compliments. I enjoyed speaking with you and doing the interview. It was very enjoyable. Thank you very much. You'll be at the North Shore Center for the Arts in Skokie tomorrow night. That was really great. You know, I enjoyed that, seriously. And uh, thank you. Somewhere down the road, we should do it again or... Absolutely. You know, or if you go to the show, come and say hello. You know, I will. I will indeed. Yeah, that was. Uh, I do a lot of these. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, that was a fun one. Seriously. Oh, well, that makes me feel good because uh, I truly enjoy you and your material. And when someone's on that I have a lot of respect and admiration for, I hope that I can deliver something that they will enjoy. You know, it's a two way street. Yes. Yeah. So Absolutely. I th- so I thank you for those kind comments. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Bye. All right. Take care. You Bye. too. Bye-bye.